Hey everyone, it's uh, Andy here with... Dave. <laughs> you remembered your name this time. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. You didn't start off well. No, I, I revised, actually, is what <laughs> happened. Um, in the fourth episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Awesome. Super excited this week, Dave. Yeah, yeah, it's a big week, it's a big week. What is this one about? Uh, this episode is one of the, um, it's a really important one actually, it's, one of, it's about one of the fundamentals that we all need to get right in order to uh, have a successful trek at altitude, and that's uh, the training that goes beforehand. You know, 11 days in the mountain, yeah. and many, many hundreds of days preparing for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, anything to do with, you know, if, if you're into high altitude trekking. So today is all about the high altitude trekking training that you're uh, looking to do. Um, you know, I think clear from our experiences, we, uh, we've we had the good and the bad with training, haven't we? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's been trial and error. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, a lot of error and uh, a lot of trials. But uh, no, it's been good. It's one of those things where I think it's a, it's a little bit different person to person. What works for you might not work for me. But hopefully we can give a little bit of an overall picture um, because between us now, we've been to base camp, you know, nearly 10 times. Um, successful every time we go out there. Yeah. So we must be doing something right. So I'm going to talk about it, and then hopefully someone will be able to... Um, what's the phrase, And Gleam a golden nugget. <laughs> that is becoming literally the saying of it the is, podcast yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, while we're on the subject of, of high-altitude trekking, if you are keen um, to go on a trek and you're looking at training, I do, I do recommend you download... Uh, it's our five training tips uh, to get to Everest. Uh, if you're if you're listening, it's bit.ly forward slash five with the number five training tips Everest. Um, if you type that in, you'll be able to get the link and download the guide. I highly recommend you download it. It's got training plan in there. Yeah. Um, a, a, a full on eight week training plan that you can use. Uh, we've used it ourselves, and yep. um, we know a lot of our customers are using it well. So as well, so I highly recommend you download that. Um, but yeah, should we get stuck into the yeah, episode? Yeah, why not? Couch to base camp. Let's do it. Couch to base camp. <laughs> um, so yeah, what have you been up to then? Let's let's, let's start with that. Um, to be honest, it's the lead up to Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. You know, a lot of lot of Christmas stuff to get done, but um, it's the right time to start training then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, it, it is always a hard time. We're gonna, you know, we're going to uh, Killy in February. Yeah. So this would be our like peak deep in training. Yeah. Um, which, which I'm due to start. <laughs> <laughs> well, we best get moving. Um, no, yeah, same with me. I mean, it's it, obviously we had the sleep out last week, didn't we? Which oh, actually, really yeah, good. that was really good, yeah. Tough, very tough. I mean, you, you couldn't train for that. No. Let's be honest. No. To be honest, it was one of those things I thought was going to be easy. Yeah. And actually, it, it could have been easy, you know. But I've, you know, we've all done night shifts and stayed up all night. Yeah. But actually, the, um, the weather threw us a curveball. It was really nice, a little bit cold, but quite nice all yeah. the way through. And then right up to about 11 o'clock, it just started, you know, little drips of rain. And then like a monsoon, just yeah. relentless wind and rain for hours and hours and hours. And um, yeah, sleeping out in it and being exposed to it. Um, yeah, I got drenched. It was tough, wasn't it? i got to be honest, like we all, I remember we all set up camp as if, you yeah. know, oh, it's going to be great, it's going to be great. We knew the rain was coming. But still, it was still quite tough, especially when um, you know we were trying to get into our bags. We had these uh, little rescue bags, um, trying to get into them as the torrential rain was going for it, and there was no chance we were going to stay dry. Well, no. Well, and no. once we were wet, that was it. That was that was game over, wasn't it? I mean, to be honest, even though we were given those little survival bags, yeah, I went at it. I had my bivy bag, 
you know, all yeah. the waterproof high-tech gear that I could bring with me. I thought, you know, fair enough, I'm staying out, I'm staying out. Yeah. But um, no, even that wasn't enough. Um, those conditions are terrible. Um, you know, the, the place was waterlogged. People were just sitting in pools. Yeah. Um, and although, you know, that might not be the case for every person that's suffering from homelessness, yeah. it's definitely going to be the case for a few of them. And even one is too many because yeah, yeah. what really brought to my mind was, so I got drenched, I got soaked yeah, and I decided, no, I'm not going to sit here and do this. I'm going to, so I got up and I went and sought shelter and, I, and you know, someone then brought me like a, a hot minestrone soup and stuff yeah. like that. I honestly just brought home like, you know, wow, what a privilege to be able to opt out of those conditions yeah. anytime I want. And, you People know, can't do that, can they? Exactly. Yeah. And get yeah. looked after and. And stuff like that, and um, yeah, it yeah, a, it was, it was, it really did bring it to mind. But what a, what a great charity the guys at Clamai, you know, they're doing yeah. um, really good work, and the entertainment was pretty, pretty, pretty special. Yeah, the entertainment was great. Again, you know, it, even though it was, um, you know, it's, it's classed as a sleep out event, yeah, you know, it's very different, obviously, to how people do it. It's purely to raise awareness, yeah, and raise some money. But yeah, that was that was an awesome week, and we're sort of uh, leaning in towards Christmas now, but. When we come, when it comes to training, then I mean, let's talk about. Let's start with our own experiences. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, these are going to be. This is actually going to be quite <laughs> yeah. interesting. But I think I'll start with mine, just from a a timeline perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first time I went to base camp, I have to be honest, it was at a time I didn't really know what I was doing at altitude. All I knew was I needed to get to Everest base camp. And I booked a flight, and I booked my trek, and I went out there, and I did it. Yeah. I didn't really do any training for it. I'm, I, you know, I was going to the gym, maybe doing some weights, but I didn't do any real fitness. Yeah. I, you know, used to go out in the mountains every now and again, but it wasn't really as much as I do it now. Yeah. And yeah, I have to, you know, I'd be lying if I said it was easy. I mean, it was during winter, which is quite hard. But ultimately, I came back for that, knowing that I could have done a lot more. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was important. I think every time now I've gone back, you know, the other four times I've gone to base camp, I've certainly done a lot more training, put a lot more work into the legs, and it's made it a lot easier. Yeah. At the, each time I go now, I mean, it's probably a mental thing as well, but it is a lot easier. Um, I, you know, if you're if you're fitter, you just have a better time. Yeah, I do. Um, so. You know, if you have a better time, then you know it's 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 good for everyone, then, isn't yeah. it? Um, and what about you, Dave? Well, I've certainly experienced both of those. Yeah. I mean, I saw you go, which is initially why I wanted to go. Yeah. I mean, I always wanted to go, but I never, it, it always seemed like out there, like a weird idea that wouldn't really, I mean, how, how do you even go about doing it, you know? So you, yeah. seeing you go at that time was like, I should mention that, you know, we used to work together, but then. Yeah, years I le- ago. But then years ago, then we spent, you know, Andy went his way and I went mine. And then I just saw on Facebook that he went to Everest Base Camp. And I was like, oh man, how did he do that? I always wanted to do that. <laughs> Andy's always been a, bo- a lot more sort of. I'm just going to catch a plane and go to some strange country and figure it out where I'm not exactly that way inclined. I like to, I don't know, I need to know more about it. You know, I don't like to find out on the ground. I've always been, you know, I wished I was that type of person where I could just (laughs) fly out to Kathmandu and suss it out, but I don't think I am. But no, and then when I saw you went and then I read your blog, Welshman Walking, it's still a really good blog, by the way. It's still relevant. I haven't read that for ages, actually. Yeah, I read it. I read it off and on. Just because I like to... I don't know, remind myself of the, my first ever instincts about Everest was when, was reading that. Yeah, yeah. But then you, you made it sound so hard in that blog <laughs> that I started, like, I, I mean, I should point out right, that I was nearly 20 stone, 19 stone, yeah. eight. 
and really unfit and this initially for me was like well it lines up with my own personal ambitions and it's something that I can do yeah so I started training like I was going into space man I mean I, I was like it was insane yeah I was the fattest spaceman on earth <laughs> you know but I but having said that I mean it, it's hard it's really hard and particularly if the, I know lots of people treat this as a challenge to get fit and to lose weight yeah um yeah, you, I think my most important message would be don't be disheartened. As long as you're out there and you're doing something, you're improving yourself. My yeah. first run, I got less than a mile and I ended up lying on my back on the ground. So, you know, and my first cycle ride, not ashamed to admit this, right? I bought a road bike and I thought I'm going to cycle to work. I left my house and I rode up the hill and then I turned around and I rode down and I got back into bed and I phoned in sick. <laughs> like that's how pathetic it was, you know. But you know that little ride up the hill was more than I'd done in years. Yeah. And slowly I chipped away at it and I chipped away at it. And when I got to Everest in 2016 for the first time, I was in like peak condition. I felt great. Yeah. I felt great. I was like, yeah, I want to. Like, I wish I was that fit now, you know. And then yeah, subsequently we've been back quite a few times and I, you know, probably have toned down my training. Yeah. Um, whereas I I trained. To a huge extent, I mean, I'd have had a crack at the summit, yeah. but you don't know what you don't know. How fit is fit enough? And now yeah. I train probably adequate to get me to base camp. But um, certainly, I did a lot of um, I did running to build the cardio, but it was a bit damaging on the body. Yeah. So getting on the bike was brilliant for me. And I think that riding a push bike and particularly doing hill rides yeah. is perfect for mimicking altitude yeah. because you're moving up the hill remarkably slowly. I mean, I used to cycle so slow up hills, like moss would grow on my wheels, you know? <laughs> but, like... Is that analogy of the week? I don't know. <laughs> Not quite, yeah. I suppose that would make me, like, a sloth, you know, with this moss that only grows on Dave cycling up hills. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. your heart and lungs are going like crazy, yeah. which is anyone that's been to altitude knows when you're hiking up a lad, yeah, uh, yeah. a steep hill, you are moving, like, the glaciers move faster than you do, but your heart and your lungs are going, like, yeah. you know, it's crazy, like 180 beats a minute or something insane, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. So that's what I found was perfect. Like, when I went to altitude and I was struggling yeah. with the altitude, I thought, well, actually, this already feels familiar. Yeah. Um, so that was perfect. And that's, I think what you said there was important. You mentioned that you just got you just got out. And yeah. It, you know, it does come on to our first point is, which is all about, if you're looking to do some form of training, um, clearly getting out there just even into the mountains yeah just doing some walking uh, you know a pack on your back um, is is the way to do it I mean ultimately not everyone lives near mountains we're quite lucky yeah we're about half hour away from the Brecon Beacon so we got no excuses but even if you can just walk around where you live like you said you, you even walked a mile yeah just to, just to stretch your legs uh, just to get those get them but moving I do think though that most people you know if you have any time off over the weekend I mean yeah. I still drive to Scotland to go to mountains yeah yeah exactly you there know you go, yeah. so um and also, I think it is important to train the body. That was one thing that was key. Yeah. But one thing I really think helped me way more than, you know, I could have probably had less cardio and more time in the mountains. Yeah. Because that, that, you know, acclimatizes you to the mountains. You know, being mountain fit is a very real thing. Yeah. You know, the way you walk when you have a pack on your back, when it's weighted. Um, being able to walk for long periods of time across difficult terrain and yeah. things like that. If you're only running on a flat surface or you're only cycling on roads... It, it's going to feel unfamiliar to you when you get onto the mountains and you start slipping and sliding and rolling ankles and stuff like that. Yeah. And you need to sort of learn the rhythm of hill walking, you know, and I think that's brilliant. So whatever you do to train in to go to Everest Base Camp, I think getting out there, like you said, with a pack yeah. on your back and getting used to walking 
in the mountains. Just in the mountains. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, if, if you're going to get out in the mountains as well, I mean, we've um, if, if you do download the guide I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, it, it, in there it does mention about, you know, make sure you do wear the boots you're going to wear. Yeah. In your, when you're training is the same ones you wear when you're out trekking. Because yeah. ultimately, um, as Dave said, you don't want to be rolling an ankle. You don't want to be carrying an injury that you had, you know, like the first couple of days and it's a bit sore. I mean, I'm sure there'd be times you crack on with it. But ultimately, it, it, things are more familiar to you, yeah. especially when um, you know, your feet and especially looking after your ankles are massively important. So, yeah, that's a big thing. If you, if you do want to take anything out of this, definitely um, you know, get the right boots and make sure you wear them while you're training. Even if, right, I mean, I, I'd go as far as saying I've done this. I've worn my boots in the gym. Yeah, yeah. Well, just to wear them in. I mean, I mean, most boots these days are good technology. You don't have to necessarily wear them in as much yeah. as you probably used to with leather boots. But... It's still better when you're familiar with things on the bottom of your feet. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think especially if you're doing a stairmaster, you yeah. know those revolving staircases. You yeah, get in the yeah. Gym. By the way, if you just want to train strength and endurance for forever space camp, yeah. and you can only do one thing, I'd probably say a stairmaster in the gym would be brilliant because yeah. that is Everest stairs <laughs> and steps. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think no, doing that in your boots is perfect because if you do it in your trainers, they allow a lot more flex. They're not around your ankles so much yeah. and stuff like that. So you'll get used to walking in a way that is not, you know, sort of fluent with your boots. Yeah. Put your boots on and you'll automatically start adjusting to them and you also get an idea of how they feel on your feet after an hour of walking. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I made a very complacent mistake when we did the Glencoe Challenge. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, very wow. complacent mistake. <laughs> Especially the last three miles, Dave. Well, exactly, yeah, that was horrific. The longest three miles of my life. But yeah, <laughs> I bought... Um, a nice pair of like La Sportivas and I wore them around for a couple of days you know just casually wearing them in and I thought ah these are great these are these are wonderful yeah. hadn't done any trekking in them hadn't worn them for a long period of time yeah. um, so rolled the dice and um, yeah the last three miles were just it, it, I was in a world of pain yeah well, a world were, of pain there were people who were flying past us yeah and they were I mean you know, no offence to any people that's over 70 but generally, you think that people in their mid thirties would walk faster yeah. than people in their mid seventies. But yeah. we were getting overtaken. Oh yeah, to- totally. I mean, it was so frustrating <laughs> yeah. though because I had yeah. the strength in my legs, I had the strength in my lungs, but yet yeah, I was being waved on by, <laughs> you know, by like, you know, brilliant OAPs. You know, just absolutely obliterated me, overtaking me at an incredibly slow pace. But um, but that wasn't even blisters. That was just a pain in my feet because I hadn't worn those boots for a long period of time yeah. to know how they would support me for that long and it, yeah. as it turns out insoles that's all I had to replace and now they're fine Yeah, but I didn't know that and I would have known it had I done even one hike in them you know well it talks about I mean you I know in the last episode we talked about um, equipment yeah um, you talked about the Mendels oh you've they're brilliant new Mendels and you found them now and that would they're be my boot. ideal wouldn't they they're my boot the Mendel Bhutan is yeah. my favourite boot I mean you know I, I've always stayed away from them because I always liked the Gore-Tex um, like fabric material you yeah. know not the leather uh, mainly because they're light and they tend to be worn straight out the box yeah but after i don't know i just struggling to find a pair and then all of a sudden i just thought you know what, i'm gonna try it so I, I stumped up the cash bought them uh, oh my god like when i warmed to base camp <laughs> i was just i was just fascinated yeah i like i'm going down hills now is it's changed everything from the feet up and now everything is like talking to each other and working properly where before I'd be nursing a knee or a hip or something, making myself sound like I'm like 90 years old here, but 
was going to say, Dave, but it's to do with the training. So right? the training, yeah, because you the training. Them. Exactly, mate. And that is so important. I mean, like we're talking about boots and things like that. And I know we went into it in the, the previous episode. But I mean, if you don't, if it really is that bad that you can't get to the mountains or the or the you know the trails, anything like that, then you know you obviously the find a local gym. Yeah. Um, you know, there's plenty around. Doing some some things like I mean, just a couple of things that we've got on our training plan again, which I recommend you download. But you've got things like your deadlifts, your squats, your single leg movements, which means that pretty much you can imagine. I don't know if you've ever seen someone who's holding a weight and then does some sort of single leg squats. Those are ideal for building strengths in like your quads. Yeah. Um, you know, which is important on the ups and the downs. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously there's things that can make it easier. Like one thing, if you do get out and about and, you know, you want to sort of take it a bit easier on the knees, then we do highly recommend the trekking poles. I know we t- yeah. talked about it a little bit last time. It will help you on the downs. Yeah, 100%. But it's not for everyone. I mean, the first time I went to base camp, I didn't use one pole. Um, you know, I wanted to take my, my GoPro. I wanted to yeah. use that. But now I use two yeah. all the time. And I know it makes it easier. Probably saves me a lot of energy. And again, I, I, you know, I didn't just turn up and do that. I spent a bit of time in the mountains training with them yeah. to make sure it worked for me. And I think it's the same when it comes to if you're in the gym as well. Find stuff that works for you. Yeah. Like, I'm not a big fan of deadlifts, really. I know you're not. No. Because they, you know, you, you've got to you've got to get them right, and uh, you know, some people don't like them. I mean, I used to do you know quite heavy weights with deadlifts. I don't anymore. Um, you know, but there's other things like the single leg movements, the squats, yeah. massively important. Just building up that leg strength, like you said, cycling. Yeah. I mean, if you can't get to a gym. Then get a bike. Yeah, exactly. I th- I personally like I don't I don't go to a gym ever. Um, I try I've tried it off and on, you know, and yeah. I've hired personal trainers and stuff like that. Fundamentally, I find the gym painfully boring, <laughs> you know. So like I just I just get really I'm just over it from about the first session, and then it's a slog for me. Yeah, and that's one of the things I've realised about training is you regardless of what you do, yeah. there are preferred things and things that you should do, but you need to find something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, something that you will do without, that doesn't require a huge effort to get off the sofa and go and do. Now, when you first start out, any everything is going to be like that. Yeah. But once you get into a routine, like I love cycling. I used yeah. to love running. Um, but now, not so much. But cycling and running and being in the mountains and hiking is, is, is how I build my fitness now. Yeah. That's, that's it. You know, and I think that that's because I look forward to it on a Sunday. You get up there yeah. in the mountains, decompress your mind a little bit, get the legs working. One of the things I think I've had to start working on is my core strength. Yeah. And that's be like, I don't know, I you know I, I got this, you know I got a problem, I got a problem with my lower back. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's have no, you? yeah, yeah. I've I mentioned it <laughs> once or twice. There's no getting around it. I got a little niggle in my lower back, and I know that it's it would help if I had um, better core strength, I had a yeah. better posture. Um, and things like that, and it would help. So that's what I'm. That's my main focus at the moment. I need to get that sorted. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not causing me too many problems now. But the moment it starts to cause me problems when I'm carrying a pack or something like that, then yeah, it's going to be a nightmare. But yeah, I think core strength is good. Eleven days going to base camp with a heavy pack on your back. Yeah. You're gonna, you know, you might get backache and stuff like that. So it's going to cause you some issues, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I mean, naturally, you know, that's again why you carry a pack in the mountains. Yeah. Um, a big thing that sometimes some people do, and I've done in the past, is wear a weighted pack. Yeah. So. We kind of aim for, I mean, it's important if, if you wanted to go out there and trial, say, for two or three times, maybe try double what you normally carry. Yeah. So say you say the same for 10, just nice season number, 10 kgs. So in Nepal, you don't really want to have more than 5 kgs in your pack. Yeah. You know, because your porter will be carrying most of your gear. 
So let's aim for 10 kgs in the UK. Imagine if you're, you know, you're trekking every week or at least two times a month. You imagine it. I mean, that's more than doable for everyone, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like doing that. I think water is a good thing. You know, just get some bottles of water, fill them up from the tap. A litre of water is about a kilo. Yeah. And that way you've got water to drink and quite easy to shed weight. You know, so if you do if you do want to get rid of some, if you have overcooked it a little bit, you can just, uh, you know, pour some out. Give, give some back to nature. You can just, yeah, or you can drink it. Or you can drink it, yeah, yeah, you can drink it. Which again is part of the training, because you need to drink a hell of a lot of water on the base. Yeah, that is true, yeah, four or five litres a day. Saying that, if I did that in the UK, I'd probably feel a little bit different. Drinking yeah. five litres in on a hike. Only if it's a real hot day yeah. would I need to do like that. Like Ben Nevis? Like Ben Nevis, yeah, when I, I ran out of water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you be you be. Uh, if you listen to this podcast quite regularly, and we'll be doing more, we'll be dropping in familiar stories along the way. One yeah. of them being Dave's experience in Ben Nevis. Yeah, it was great. It was a great day. We did the CMD route, and then on my way down the tourist route, I ran out of water. Well, no, it was before I got to the summit. Actually, was I it? ran out of water. It was like three hours before the end of the day. It was boiling hot. But even though, because I knew I'd been running out, like I would have run out hours before that. But I was like nursing it, you know, yeah. and trying to just get by on sips and. Yeah, it was horrible. It was really bad. One thing I did do was like, um, yeah, it surprised me a little bit. I thought, I always thought, you know, when uh, going off on a bit of a tangent here, okay. I, I used to think that when we were in the mountains, we can do it. <laughs> when we were in the mountains, we all like, we're, we're all we're together in this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and uh, I was coming down the hill. Now I've given like people water and drinks and yeah, yeah. cans of fizzy pop and stuff like that. <laughs> Saw this one guy, about half hour from the bottom from the car park, right? Had yeah. a liter of water on him. I said, mate. Put a mouthful of water in my bottle. No, I need this to get all the way down. Really? I watched him not take a single sip all the way back to the really? car park. You know, and I Ouch. remember I remember thinking, God damn. <laughs> God. If there was any Evertrekkers there, mate, I'm sure they would have done it. Evertrek would have, yeah. They're, they're, they're a different type of trekker, though. Yeah. You know. It's because they've done the training. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, Evertrekkers will give you the shirt off their back. You know? but, <laughs> if you're um, listening and you're an Evertrekker, then you'll know what we mean. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't hold a grudge against him. Maybe he didn't know how far it was to the car park. Yeah. I did. And I was thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I mean, all this we've talked about, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's in the gym, out, you know, in the mountains, I I always think it's good to have a plan. Um, If, you know, not all the time, like clearly we talked about before, sometimes I just like to travel, book a flight and go there. That wasn't planned. But when it comes to training, it's good to have almost some targets. Yeah. So I mentioned the weighted pack. If you are aiming for 10 kgs, even if you wanted to aim and go into the gym maybe three times a week. Yeah. But almost have a plan. I don't know, even if you go in like six months before you go. Yeah. Just aim to get out more. Um, a lot of people that, that sort of book on sometimes because it's very important we talk about this is that you don't need to be superhuman fit to trek a high altitude, especially Everest Base Camp. No. A lot of it, as you may have um, listened to in the previous episodes, is around mindset, about equipment. And about, you know, take there's a few things you need to do whilst you're on the track, which we'll certainly talk about yeah. in other episodes. But ultimately, having a plan on where you want to go and what you, you know, in terms of like getting out there like twice a month, yeah. put that into your target. If it's six months and it takes you a month to get out, then yeah. great stuff. That's fine. Life gets in the way. You know, we're all there. We've all got busy lives. Yeah. But um, what is it that, that line you say about... Oh, um, yeah. If you want something done, ask a busy man. Oh, yeah. Because no, no one else has time. <laughs> I love that line. I don't know why. Yeah, it's but great. We're all busy, aren't we? And, and sometimes you have to put time aside to do the training. And if you do, you'll have a much better time. Well, the thing is, I think, yeah, and developing a routine is good. Yeah. You know? So when I first started running, um, I ran once a week. 
And at my maximum, I ran three times a week. Yeah. Two runs during the week and a long run on a Sunday. But initially, it was so Thursday evening at seven. I go yeah. running. Well, I go out for an hour. I wouldn't run for an hour. But my idea was I'd go out and I'd run for as far as I could. Yeah. And then I'd walk and then I'd run and walk and then I'd walk back probably. You know, yeah. but Wednesday at seven or Thursday at seven, you know, or Friday. So that what, was your thing? That was my thing. That was it. I, yeah. I, that, so it was, it was unbreakable in my mind. I made a commitment to myself. I told everybody I knew yeah. that, you know, I can't come out on that day at that time. I'm busy. And then I built it up, you know. And then once I was doing that and I felt like, you know, the following day I wasn't in too much pain and then the following day I wasn't in any pain. And I, yeah. then you get to a little while where you don't feel any different. So then I added another, another day. Nice. And then I literally did the same thing again. I leave my house for an hour. And it didn't matter whether I ran all of that hour or walked it or did yeah. a bit of both. What was important was that I got out and then I did it a third day. And then I also then, once you get that routine going, you can start to play with it a little bit, add in yeah. some different things, you know. Then I was like, well, do you know what? I'm not going to do my long run today. I'm going to go to the mountains. Yeah. And so every other week I do, you're in. I was in the mountains. And then, you know, you can then go on the bike a little bit and you'd be amazed. Like it's... It, Thinking about where you want to end up at the very beginning is too big. Yeah. And there's no need for it. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that you are getting out. Yeah. So, it's important, isn't it? And yeah, it's having those, breaking that bigger goal down into smaller goals. I, I exactly. Talk, talk you mentioned it, like. that before, and it's, it's absolutely yeah. right. I mean, I wanted to run a half marathon. So if I went out and I tried mm. to run 13 miles... I'd have just ran pretty much straight to the nearest defibrillator. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you know, Jesus, that's, it, that'd it would, be hard, wouldn't it? It was unachievable. Yeah. But what was achievable was that one hour. I just go out for an hour. Yeah. And then as I started to run a little bit more, I tracked my time and tracked my distance and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. again, it didn't matter. It was just f- for my information. Yeah. And then I ran two half marathons and decided, yeah, that's enough for me. <laughs> I know. I remember you telling me that about. Uh, you did two half marathons because I'd never done a, a half before I went to base camp. Yeah. I've done it since. You did it a day after. Day after I got back. Well, yeah. I was cheating really. I, I, altitude training. <laughs> yeah. The legs were tired. Yeah, but long haul flight from Kathmandu, come uh, home, party. Yeah, well, it was, I a, might it was have a wedding <laughs> party, yeah. A few pints of Guinness and then half marathon. But do you know what? Like, just touching on that little thing, that's, I think, the biggest difference between me and you. Mm. Your mindset will make you capable of doing those things. I'd have stayed in bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 well, I had to do it. That's the difference. I mean, I had to do it. There's no way I was not going to do that. Yeah. For me, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was tired. Yeah. I, You know, I trained a little bit for it. We're going back to training, that you know, training for the half marathon. I probably could have done more. But, you know, as you may have guessed in the previous episode to this, I'm quite focused on mindset. You know, if you, if you want to do something, just do it. Yeah. You know, I think we're all good excuse makers when, when we don't want to do something. Everyone is. Yeah. So as long as you can try and control those excuses coming out and sort of, okay, quieten those excuses instead and just go and do it. Yeah. Well, I like that. I practice it a lot more. Yeah. But I think that if I did a long haul flight and then went home <laughs> and went to bed and had to wake up and do a half marathon... I would have, like, honestly, I would have struggled to do that. Wow. And, and nothing to do with my physical condition. I would have been tired. I would have been grumpy. Yeah. And I would have just wanted to have just <laughs> sacked it off and stayed in bed. So when, you know, massive respect for doing that. Oh, cheers, man. Look, it came down to, like I said, there's a little bit of training involved, especially when it comes to half marathon. When it comes to Everest Base Camp, I mean, this, you know, just to point out again, we've talked a, a few, you know, just to round up uh, about what we've talked about. We've talked about you know getting out, you know making the plan, getting out in the gym. Do download the guide, which is in the the show notes, yeah. um, or if you know if you're listening, 
Just go to bit.ly forward slash five, as in the number five, training tips Everest. Yep. Download that. It does include our eight-week training plan, uh, which I've used myself. It's brilliant. Um, you know, because sometimes, you know, we're, we're talking and, and things are out, you know, take your time with that. It's, um, it's a, we've, we've had lots of customers who really, um, really found it useful. Yeah. Um, so I highly recommend you down that, download that. And also as well, I mean, you know, you listen on to this podcast, look, it's great. We, we've had some really good sort of comments and reviews. If you are loving it, do subscribe to the podcast if you're on iTunes uh, and do follow us if you're on Spotify and leave us a review as well because the reviews are huge for us. Um, you know, in, in, in sort of where, you know, how many listens we, we can get to. Um, and we like to, to think that people enjoy this. Uh, well, podcast. I hope so. I hope so. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you do, or even if you find it useful or helpful in any way, then definitely leave in a, um, like a review or something like that. Yeah, it's huge. It, it's huge to us. But I think that um, the main thing that we can do yeah. is just keep putting this out there and hope that... <laughs> <laughs> hope that it helps because that's the main thing because I like like I said you know at the beginning when um, you know about how you just went out there to Kathmandu yeah and but I didn't feel like I had the confidence to do that I wanted to know all of these things yeah yeah and that's why knowing that you did it it was helpful because you you did yeah and I think this podcast could be that for someone else. You know yeah, what I mean? Not is. everyone knows someone that's already been to base camp. So this podcast could be that buddy that you need yeah. to like help you get along. You know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, look, while we're talking about going into the, the final sort of final word of yeah, each episode. Which is never the final word. Which is never the final word, I know. <laughs> I love it. It should be called the final five minutes because it yeah. takes about five minutes. But when it comes to training, you know, it is all about just getting out there, finding time to do some trekking or hiking, walking, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, just, just, just get out and have fun because ultimately, you know, if you're getting out and, and you're having some good hiking days and you're probably doing it with some friends or family... It's good for the soul. Yeah. You know, you're going to release all those good sort of, you know, those endorphins in your yeah. body, make you feel better. You know, it, it, think about the extended benefits as well. Any form of training will have an impact on the people around you. Yeah. Because you're going to be getting out there. You're going to be spreading that positive energy. And you don't have to be a super superhero. No. You don't have to be Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The right. painted Yeti. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. you don't have to be like no. superhuman, do you? No, you don't. You don't have to be super. I mean... I think just as important as doing the training and things like that is the mindset because I think yeah. people, um, you know, we've seen fit people, incredibly fit people, yeah. triathletes, you know, go out there and then struggle, yeah. um, struggle with the difficulties of altitude, struggle with the difficulties of not being able to do what they can do at sea level. Yeah. And ultimately it, it comes down to getting, getting yourself right within your own headspace. Yeah. You know, because the fitter you are in body, the fitter you are in mind, and I think that the better time you'll have in the mountains. Yeah. I think, you know, like, you just got to shelve all of that expectation of yourself, and you've just got to have fun, concentrate on the goal, you know, and roll with the punches. Nice. Well, mate, um, great podcast, great episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, why not? Um, But like I said, if you do enjoy it, just leave us a nice little review. Yeah. And uh, do subscribe. And we'll see you next time, Dave. Yeah, I'll see you then, mate. All the best. Nice one. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 